0: Welcome to the Football Bloody Hell podcast, a retro football podcast full of nostalgia, memories and recollections of when football was just a little bit better. This podcast is sponsored by the Football Bloody Hell shop, the perfect place to get iconic retro posters of all your favorite football legends. Head over to the Football Bloody Hell shop to find your perfect poster. In this podcast, we talk about the story of the prolific, yet tragedy-struck Mokta Dahari who was better known as Supermokk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and please do share it with all your retro football-loving friends. If you like it, please do leave a review so we can climb the league table. It helps more people like you find us. Supermop: A tale of goals, national pride and tragedy. A search through the great international goal-scoring charts reveals a plethora of names. Identities associated with golden eras and special moments, they are eternally synonymous with the art of hitting the back of the net. In a modern throwaway attitude sometimes they're an afterthought, a placeholder before your favorite flashy modern icons of Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi take the plaudits. This article's subject is much more than that. He holds an irrevocable position not only in his country of Malaysia, but in Southern Asia as a whole. He is third in the all-time men's rankings, with a ridiculous 89 goals in 142 games. This is the story of the prolific, yet tragedy-struck Mokta Dihari, Supermok. Developing his love for the game The oldest son of Amina Binti Sharikan and Dihari Abeng, Mokta Dahari was born on the 13th of November 1953. He was born and raised in Setapak on the outskirts of Kuala Lumpur. When he was 11, his family moved deeper into the city and took up residence in Kampung Pandan. Right in the heart of the capital, Kampung Pandan was a predominantly poor neighborhood. However, it was rich with space and time to play. As they were quite low maintenance and required little equipment, football and badminton were often the most popular sports. Young Mokta enjoyed these two, as well as the Southeast Asian sport of Sepak takraw. This was a form of acrobatic volleyball where feet are the weapon of choice. Tahari seemed naturally gifted and these three sports brought on his speed, coordination, and awareness, they also fed his competitive spirit. Out of the swathes of street kids, Mokta stood out like a sore thumb. Speaking in the National Geographic's 2010 documentary, The Untold Truth About Supermop, his younger brother Muhammad reminisced fondly, I remember when he was small, he used to play a lot of games. He played for his school. Every evening without fail, he would go to the football field. As a small kid, I always wanted to be like him, but I couldn't, he was different. He was very different. Early exploits put Mokta on the radar of some of Malaysia's most esteemed schools. Eventually, the Victoria Institution offered him a place. The young man was delighted, yet he wasn't done yet. The school was a good half-hour journey from his house, yet every day he'd cycle there and back and still have the will to go out and train. His commitment looked to be born out of his adverse conditions. His setbacks drove him on, as coming from a poor area, he couldn't afford football boots. Often, he honed his skills barefoot and his talent was so blatant and raw that in 1971, he was selected for the FA Salanga team in the coveted Burnley Youth Cup. In the cup game, the Red Giants won. Mocter scored his first and certainly not last goal for Salanga. His match-winning performance turned heads and got him in the Salanga State senior team. He was just 18 when he debuted. However, he didn't look out of place. Far from it. Within months of his breakthrough, he was selected for the Malaysia Cup. Here, he'd have his best outings yet. In this tournament, he scored nine goals. Such was his impact, the national gaze was now coming his way. Behind the scenes too, his parents' view of football had switched from a frustrating distraction to a credible life decision. Quiet pride was settling into the Dahari household, especially as Mokhtar received his first international call-up in 1972. Becoming a household name in Malaysia Typical of the young man's attitude, he didn't seem phased by his new challenge. In his first year of involvement with the national team, he scored 10 goals as now Malaysian football entered its widely perceived golden era. At the center of this development, Mokta had gone from playing school football to the international stage in just two years. However, it was nearly all over after his motorbike was stolen. Here, the amateur nature of Malaysian football was underlined as Mokta declared he'd had enough of playing. He was still a working man, plying his trade for the Selangor State Development Corporation, or PKNS. Losing his bike was a real hit. In this time of darkness, thousands of fans rallied together to get him back playing. Eventually, a national motorbike company provided a new bike and a return. Good thing too, as he returned better than ever. With the forward driving him on, any team he was a part of was in good stead. Malaysia won its first football medal at the Asia Games, a bronze in 1974. Huge underdog victories against South Korea and Japan caused a stir too as Harry Malaya won the Merdeka Cup. Domestically, Selangor approached its most successful period, especially in the Malaysia Cup. Malaysia was in a football frenzy. Almost every game Selangor played was sold out. Support was overwhelming wherever the striker played. Moktor, supermok, as he was now known, made sure the crowds got their fill. In one Malaysia Cup campaign, he scored 19 goals. In 1974, he scored five in a single game against the Philippines. That year alone, he had 24 for the national side. The boy from Kampung Pandan had evolved into a football icon in his country so far, you've read about the many goals, but what was he like to face? Former Singapore player Samad Alapache recalled, this guy had a body full of muscle. He was frightening, a different kind of footballer. He could dribble, say, 50 meters and shoot the ball 100 miles an hour. He reminded me of Maradona. Although lacking height, Mokta possessed a certain physicality. With legs like cannons, he used to run the length of the pitch with ease. Teammates nicknamed him Kuda Horse. Every stride was brimming with determination and intent. Every run looked to end in celebration. Limited by loyalty. Gahari was world-class. However, he was not prepared to abandon his homeland to prove it. Two quotes prevalently sum up the forward. I live and die for Salanga. If you're ashamed to stand by your colors, then you'd better seek for another flag. Now, Mokta did play for four other teams aside from his beloved Solanga. However, he devoted his prime to the Shah Alam City club. Perhaps, as a footballer, his undoing was this undying loyalty. Famously, a friendly game with England's Arsenal in 1975 brought prying eyes from the West. Malaysian Selection 11 beat the Gunners 2-0 with the striker getting a brace. At the time, this led to rumors that a whole host of English clubs were willing to take a punt on him. After the game, it is believed he received an offer from none other than Real Madrid. Amazingly, he turned Los Blancos down, his decision guided by patriotism and sheer love for his club. For Solanga, Supermop scored a mighty 177 goals in 375 games. His loyalty strikes a remarkable contrast to current-day football. He wasn't finished with the English by the way. On an England B tour in 1978, Supermop casually scored from the halfway line. The game ended 1-1. The squad managed by Bobby Robson had been bamboozled. Former player Gordon Hill was delighted by Hiro Dahari as he hailed him in his column in Shoot magazine. Looking back, it leaves you thinking of what could have been. What if the finisher had made the voyage to Europe? That said, one doubts Mokta wasn't too bothered. His trophy cabinet seemed near endless by the time his career came to an end. In his 16-year career, he amassed one first-division championship, ten Malaysia Cups, and two charity Cups. Internationally, he pushed his country to great things. With Malaysia, he won four Merdeka Cups, two Kings Cups, two gold medals at the Southeast Asian Games, and one bronze medal at the Asian Games. As a footballer, he was certainly the greatest I'd ever met in this country. Commentator, Dato Rahim Razali, 2010, a legendary figure taken too soon. Although Mopta Dahari was the pinnacle build for a player of his era, life can be cruel. Despite his tireless running and impressive physique, Mokta's death was anything but comparable to the longevity of his career. It was actually before retirement in 1988 that Mokta's health began to decline. After returning from training one day, he spoke of his inability to receive contact from his teammates. In one instance, he told his wife how he fell and went sprawling to the ground. Not believing a man of such stature could fall so easily, players naturally laughed. Dahari kept this in mind, especially with the added pain of a sore throat. He went for a thorough checkup At the hospital, doctors looked him over and diagnosed him with motor neurone disease. Baffled by the horrific news, Mokta and his wife traveled to London for a second opinion. Yet again, the news wasn't good as doctors described how this once great player, renowned for his skill and strength, would eventually lose the ability of his muscles. Under the guidance of his wife Tenku, doctors slightly played down the diagnosis. The player didn't fully understand the disease and his wife, in order to protect him and the public uproar, lied to the media too. She claimed he was suffering from muscular dystrophy. Tenku wanted her husband not to panic. That said, the facade couldn't deny the harsh reality that awaited. Symptoms continuously worsen. After three years with the illness, Mopter eventually lost the battle with motor neurons, dying on the 11th of July 1991. Southeast Asian football had been robbed of an icon. He was just 37. His legacy Despite his premature death, Supermop's legacy rightfully lives on. In Malaysia, he is a hero. With his help, the national team reached their highest-ever ELO ranking of 61 in 1977. In June 2021, FIFA officially acknowledged him as the third top scorer of all time in international football. He sits behind only Ali Day and Cristiano Ronaldo. He scored 89 goals in 142 appearances. Mokta, Super Mokta should always be remembered as an international symbol that great footballers can come from anywhere. Thank you for listening to our Football Bloody Hell podcast on Mopta Supermop, Dahari. Please share this podcast with your fellow football-loving friends and family and don't forget to check out our shop where you can buy amazing, iconic framed artwork and high-quality t-shirts. Right now we have free shipping on all artwork orders. Simply head to footballbh.shop. That's footballbh.shop. Also, don't forget to check out all the written content on the site over at footballbh.net. Today's podcast was written by Max Bradfield and narrated by Roger Tubor. We will be back soon with another short podcast for you to enjoy.